Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Brain Care Podcast. This time, I'm pleased to announce that we're being joined by Amber Driscoll. She is a model slash influencer on Instagram who posts about numerous topics, including self-love, mental health, and body image. She also launched an online community called the Bambi Collective in late 2019, which is a community where women have the opportunity to join, make friends, and seek advice on all things related to body image, sexual health, and relationships. While our more science-related episodes do really well on here, I also want to start sharing more stories around mental health in hopes of inspiring people and bringing them together. I already share quite a lot of content around mental health on my own social, so I've been trying to do the same, bringing other people onto this podcast talking about it as well. Amber, you do quite a lot of this on on Instagram, which is why I think you'd be the perfect guest to bring on. So firstly, thank you for accepting the invitation and joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Could you do a brief introduction in your own words in case I butchered it and didn't do a good enough job? My name's Amber Driscoll. I'm an influencer, used to be a model, but not anymore. And I founded a community for young women called Bambi Collective, which is online, but also in person. Now we do events and the aim is really to bring young women together in a safe space so they can make friends, seek advice and feel uplifted. And I also use my personal Instagram to talk about topics like body image, self-love, mental health and all things kind of under that umbrella. Great. And I mean, that's the umbrella that I kind of want to talk a little bit about today. So, you know, can we talk about your own mental health journey? So let us know a little bit about, you know, have you experienced mental health struggles? If so, what specifically, what was your experience? So for me, my mental health struggles were more on the eating disorder side of things rather than depression or anxiety or anything like that. So I struggled with bulimia and orthorexia. A lot of it definitely influenced by the social media that I was consuming while I was growing up so that's kind of the thing that I've struggled with but also day-to-day trying to find out like what actually brings me joy in life like I feel like that's one of the things I've realized growing up like is actually part of growing up is learning day-to-day what things are actually going to inspire me and bring me joy and that are going to be good for me every single day. I love that and actually you know someone that has gone through an experience of bulimia myself it took me many, many, many years, as in literally I only started talking about it like about two years ago because I write a newsletter on brain health and I was like, that's like almost disingenuous. I sort of started writing about it from a scientific point of view and then woke up and was like, wait a minute, this is actually what I went through for like 10 years and haven't actually talked about it to anyone. It's interesting that you're so young and already comfortable talking about it. Yeah, I suppose because when I became an influencer, I wasn't talking about that sort of thing and I was following accounts that helped me get through it so I realized that I wanted to create content that could hopefully help other people going through the same thing so then I started talking about it quite openly because I wanted to help people. I was very aware of the influence that I had over my followers and I didn't want people to think that everything in my life was like perfect or yeah just showing them a more real side. How did you find that experience of sharing the more real side like actually impacted the engagement and relationship you had with your own audience? Yeah, massively. Like the feedback I got was insane and like to a level that I never really got 
before um it definitely makes you more relatable rather than just posting some not like meaningless content but it's you're no longer just like an image on someone's screen you've got like a real backstory and you have struggles that people can relate to and it's really nice having like people dm me asking me for advice or saying that i've actually had an impact on their view of their own body which is really amazing Do you have any tips that you can sort of reel out, like some of your your tips for keeping your own mental health in check and, uh, you know, trying to stay on top of your mental well-being game on a daily basis? So if I'm talking specifically about like mental health rather than kind of body image, I think you have to be like, like I was saying earlier, like figuring out like what things bring you joy, but you have to be quite diligent about it. Like, for example, I have to, like first thing when I wake up, I have to get out of bed because if I don't and if I snooze and snooze, then I get like a really bad headache and it sets me off like the comp- complete wrong track the rest of the day. And I also find that doing a meditation first thing makes me feel really great. And if I don't do it, then later in the day, I regret it. And yeah, so things like that, knowing what makes you feel good and actually sticking with it because it's really easy to slip back into old habits. So just, yeah, being diligent with it. Have you ever tried out? Uh, anything like therapy or coaching or working with other professionals at uh, any stage of your life to help you stay on track? I actually saw a therapist when I was about 17 years old because I was going through my first heartbreak, which really, really impacted me. I think I feel like people sometimes make fun of like teenage love, but when you're actually going through that first like breakup, it's actually very... Um, yeah, it's something you've never been through before and it's quite... Yeah, it's like world ending. Yeah, exactly. Um, but outside of that, I'm actually also doing a course at the moment, which is like a 12-week course. Um, and it's all about getting in touch with your soul and actually separating your ego from your mind. Um, and I'm learning a lot from that at the moment, one of which is the power of meditation and being in touch with the peaceful awareness that always exists inside of you. I think it's so easy to not be in the present and just get swept up by thoughts like even when we think we're in the present we're thinking about something or trying to solve the next problem but actually or we're always thinking or when I get this I'll be happy or looking forward to something but peaceful happiness is actually always there you just have to learn to get in touch with it and that's for me what I'm learning through meditation so and that's like been quite eye-opening for me like realizing I can always feel peaceful I just have to work on it yeah I think I had a similar breakthrough albeit, again, only a couple of years ago, realising you are not your thoughts is Mm. such a powerful thing. It takes quite a long time to realise you are not your thoughts, but you are the space in between your thoughts. That's a really motivating reason to enjoy meditation. I've never met a good meditator. I'm still a bad meditator. But the space in between your thoughts being your real consciousness and you is actually like an amazing way to tap into a sense of like inner calm and happiness. Yeah, exactly. When I like learned that the first time, I was like, "Whoa, mind is blown!" Because you kind I of know. think that you are your thoughts, and that like, it's, yeah, it's crazy to think because your thoughts aren't true. Like, yeah, and the same with emotions as well. Like, you can get so swept up in what you're feeling, and it's really hard to take a step back and actually think this isn't actually real. You do have a power over it. Have you ever read? Um, there's a great book called The Untethered Soul. No. It's by this guy called Michael Singer. 
and he has a great way of explaining because you know like a lot of these books you read and they can be too spiritual or too something and you, they don't quite connect and he has just like quite a witty way of just explaining and breaking it down that the voice inside your head is basically like a really noisy roommate. Mm. That roommate is like the most annoying person you've ever lived with. Basically a maniac. And it's great because it starts to make you think like you are not the roommate, right? So you must be the other person in the other room. And that your roommate is like constantly bringing you down, complaining, whining, won't stop talking. I think you'd quite enjoy that. And another another book to recommend, which you might have read, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Basically, they're, they're books I always send to people. So they are... Very good entrance points into a calmer mind. So you mentioned that you got into therapy when you were 17, but also you started modeling at the time when you were around 17. Is that right? Yeah. Well, just after I finished sixth form. So so what was the reason that you ended up leaving that industry, so to speak? Was it related to body image and how you were feeling about yourself and like your overall um, experience with mental health? Yeah, definitely. Well, because I did it for about five years and it was always meant to be a sort of part-time thing when I was at university and then I kept doing it afterwards because it was good money and like it is really fun it's always great meeting new people and having the opportunity to work with different brands but yeah it's more of a lack of control over my appearance I never had like so you hear a lot of models have bad experiences with their agencies telling them to lose weight and certain photographers and things like that but I always was with good agencies who didn't care about that because I did commercial modeling and height and weight isn't as relevant but still like going to set and literally my job being my appearance really made me fixate on it more than I want to in life basically or sometimes if I was in an outfit that I really hated on me like not feeling confident in that and then being asked to like basically sell it and look great is just really hard and then also being paid solely for kind of what I look like it was just like it just didn't it wasn't fulfilling anymore so whereas at least now I have control over my personal Instagram yeah I think that's like important right as and you go through these experiences and journeys learning what does and doesn't fulfill you and sounds like it's a lot of self-awareness to have picked up at a young age already <laughs> which is so important you only get that stuff by sort of learning what's not for you and putting yourself in those situations and then I guess having realistically the bravery to not continue doing it because most people just ignore all of that and just carry on doing it anyway yeah exactly like like it would have been very easy for me to keep doing it because like it was good money and you know like a lot of people would want that job but I was just trusting that actually I've reached like the end of the line with this now and just trusting my intuition on what is best for me Before we end this episode and then in our next one, we can speak a little bit more if that's okay about social media and the impact on mental health with eating disorders, particularly and and the way that body positivity plays a role and comes into that question here. I thought it'd be perfect seeing as we started to talk about books. I know that you're a bit of a fan of books. You're a bit of a bookworm yourself. You hadn't read those two, which is good. But uh, can you recommend three books to our audience that they should consider? Okay, well, seeing as this, you talk all about brain care, you've probably recommended this one, or maybe you've read it. It's by Dr. Raul Jandial, I think that's his name. I'm actually pals with him, so he'll like this. Oh, really? <laughs> it's um, Life Lessons from a Brain Surgeon. And I liked it because it's, well, for me, it was fascinating, like learning about the brain, but also it has like tips and 
tricks of how to stay on top of your brain. And number two, I would recommend Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. And it's all about, well, it says on it, reclaim your time, money, well-being and happiness through intuitive eating. And it's basically about how the diet industry just sets you up for failure and how it doesn't actually work. And yeah, that for me was really eye-opening, seeing the science behind why diets fail and how the blame is put on us and we're made to feel bad and as if we're doing something wrong and how you can actually reclaim you know, your joy and love for food through intuitive eating. So definitely recommend that one. My third book, just because it's really fun, I feel like everyone's read it already, but The Thursday Murder Club, just because it's unlike anything I've ever read, by Richard Osman. Which one, sorry? The Thursday Murder Club. Not read it. Great. Oh, you haven't heard of it. Okay. Well, it's so it's a fiction, and it's by Richard Osman, the comedian, and it's about four pensioners living in an old age home and they decide to start solving murders and it's it's yeah it's just so much fun and it's really sweet and it's really well written and the murder side of it is actually really really interesting it's like it's unlike any other kind of true crime book I've ever read but very uplifting that's awesome okay before you go I want to know what brain care means to you so what kind of things do you do on a daily basis that help you take care of your brain I think reading is a big one for me. I love learning. I try to read a couple of non-fiction books at the same time while reading the fiction one because sometimes I find that non-fiction books, you can't just sit down and like read a whole one. Always getting outside every day and actually looking at nature rather than just... not like I always put on a podcast when I go for walks, but still looking around and appreciating the nature around you. That, for me, I think is really important. And exercise in general. Like I can't not work out for like more than a week or I just feel like mentally not there like I think if you're out of habit it's so important to just start doing it because you just feel so much better for it and eating right as well like that also just makes me feel like so much better awesome thanks so much Amber see you next episode Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. Did you know Heights started as a newsletter that I've written every week for years? I'm still doing it and I'd love it to reach your inbox too. So for weekly science-backed emails on the best ways to take care of your most important organ all in under three minutes, sign up at yourheights.com forward slash Sundays. See you next time.